Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I use he, him pronouns, and I am the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And David, tonight we have a lot of guests with us, so I think we should introduce them. Mm -hmm. I'm Andrew. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Stephen. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I'm Harper, and I use they, them pronouns. I'm CJ, and I use they, them pronouns. I'm Cassidy, and I use she, her pronouns. All right, and Charlotte, would you explain who all of these people are? All of these awesome people who are with us tonight are members of the youth group that Maya Little Sonia and I run together with youth from Christchurch Coronado and St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And all during the season of Epiphany, we have been using the Faith to Go small group resources. And so to kind of bring that together as we enter Lent, we decided that, well, we ask you and you said yes, that we would record an episode all together. Yeah, so fun. So here we are. Thanks, everybody, for tuning back in to uh, this week leading up to the second Sunday in Lent, uh, March 13th. Uh, and we're going to do things a little bit differently today uh, because we have our youth group collab meeting here mm -hmm. tonight. We are going to take part in a Lectio Divina exercise together. Uh, as you might have noticed on the faith to go website, myfaith2go.org, some of those resources, the off-the-path resource, has been a spiritual practice every time. And for the first few weeks, it was a Lectio Divina. So we're going to do a similar thing to that. We'll read the gospel three times. We'll have three different intentions. So we invite you as we're doing that to, to do it along with us. Mm -hmm. And um, we are going to start off like we always do with where we saw God this past week. And so it's actually just going to be open to everybody. Yeah. Um, where did you all see God in this past week? Um, I was looking for something specific. Uh, I was looking for a specific stall with a specific horse. Um, and I was failing miserably. And uh, since I was in Arizona, I felt there was a little dust swirl thing, right? And it turned around and, and like my hair hit me on my shoulder. And when I turned around, there was the horse. So Ooh. I think I got some help finding stuff. Yeah. I love because like literally like a dust spiral to me is Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? Like for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this week, well, actually, I guess I'm going to go as far back as this weekend. Um, I know so far away. It's the middle of the week now. But this past weekend um, at church on Sunday, we had two young families that hadn't been with us before and they had toddlers. And so they went up front to sit in the playground that's up in the front. And I could tell they were a little uncertain about where things were or what to do. And so I went up and sat with them in the playground. And I literally sat on the floor and played through the whole service. Like, okay, I got out all the coloring during the lessons and we all colored stuff. And then when it was time for the sermon, I got out the blocks and maybe there was a little bit of hilarity during the sermon because one of the young people kept building robot eyes and then passing them out to everybody else around them until all of these adults are holding robot eyes. <laughs> 
as Mother Regan's giving her sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we went ahead and did, we have the communion set. And so we did that as communion was giving out. And just my God sighting was just being fully present with the children as they experienced church and God. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's so different than the way that we see God when we're just sitting in the pew. We're not as engaged as they are. Um, And that was definitely a God sighting for me. So nice. Uh, I saw God... uh at counseling uh, for the um, school, we're changing our schedules uh, for next year. And uh, unprompted, the counselor uh, asked me if I wanted to do this class that I thought I wouldn't be able to do, but apparently I'm able to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a joyful thing, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Thank you guys for sharing. That was awesome. Uh, and like every week, we want to remind you that we'd love to hear from you, any of your uh, God sightings where you felt God's presence moving in your life, or maybe it was hard to feel God's presence moving, any consolations or desolations, any of your stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion or reflection. We would always love to hear from you. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith2go, and you can also always... Call us and leave a voicemail or send us a text message, 562-384-7638. That's 562-FTG-POD-8. And uh, we'd love to hear from you in any of those ways. You can find all of those, um, all those contacts and links listed in the podcast description to this episode. So now we're going to move on to our gospel reflection time, our Lectio Divina practice. Um, the gospel for this week is from Luke chapter 13. I'm not really going to give any context because I don't want to spoil it. Mm. Um, a surprise, but we are jumping uh, forward pretty significantly in Luke's gospel from last week because last week, uh, Lent one was the 40 days in the desert for Jesus. And that was back in the very beginning of Luke. So now we've moved up kind of to the middle part of Luke chapter 13, Jesus is still in the region of Galilee and, you know, teaching and interacting with uh, religious leaders and telling parables and healing people and things like that. So he's kind of like really just in the middle of his ministry. And the reading for this upcoming Sunday, March 13th, the second Sunday in Lent, is Luke 13, 31 to 35. Uh, Different people are going to read it. Um, But first time, Charlotte's going to read it. And so we invite you in this time of, time of Lectio Divina. The whole point of Lectio Divina is to just kind of engage with the text without bringing much to it and just help just kind of like creating space for the text and the story of the gospel to say something to you. So we're trying to be very open and kind of wondering and hearing kind of what jumps out to us in different ways. So this first time that we listen to the text, all we're going to do is just have the intention as we listen um, about identifying what a just a word or a phrase that really jumps out to us from the story. It could be anything. It could be literally anything. So just what is a word or phrase that jumps out to you? Charlotte's going to read it, and then we're going to each share our word or phrase, and then we're going to do it again with a different intention. Mm-hmm. So take it away, Charlotte. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I've finished my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, 
How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. All right. We can take a second, maybe just gather our thoughts. Um, but just as you feel so called, say what your word or phrase was that really jumped out to you. And I could start it off because mine was fox. That same word jumped out to me too, fox. Mine was um, how often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Mine was hen. I guess mine was called. Uh, mine would have to been Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets. Mine was blessed who, blessed that he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh-huh. All right, so we had a number of animals, I noticed. Uh, and so now this second time, pay attention to like what what brings up kind of a feeling of discomfort for you in the reading. Maybe something that's challenging. Uh, or invoke some sort of like strong emotion from the reading. It could be any emotion, but just like in this time, kind of like really tune into your body, feel your body sitting in your chair, wherever you are, your feet on the floor, really pay attention to like what's coming up in your body. When we hear this reading, when we hear these words, what's challenging, what's uh, uncomfortable, what's causing discomfort when you're hearing these, the, this reading. So, Cassie's going to read it, and then we'll all have that intention, and then we'll check in after. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. All right. So, same reading, second time. What was... what? What did any any part of it bring up any kind of feelings of discomfort, any kind of challenges, or really any like strong emotions or feelings in your body? So you could say any all of those things or any of those things. Um, even if you want to just think about like something you don't really like about this reading. Yeah, Harper's got one. Um, this doesn't really feel or sound like Jesus to me. Um, I know, obviously, he was very, a controversial figure, in his time at least, but I don't think he would be this outright, um, yeah, hostile, and then also, he sounds more like Old Testament God in this reading, more than New Testament and then Jesus, yeah. Uh, kind of to add what Harper said, it's kind of like he seems to be more on a timetable and focused on helping people try and get somewhere quicker than caring about people. And kind of, it was brought up, but it's also brought up in the sense that you have here uh, this day and this day to get here. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get here. 
Um, I agree with what Harper said to an extent where it's like he does sound a little more hostile than he does a lot of the time. But, you know, I mean, there was also the time where he flipped a table and ran everyone out of the temple. So I think this is one of the times where he is kind of, in a way, more with the human side of him that does get upset sometimes. And it sounds to me that he's very, I mean, he's very passionate about this. And he's trying to inspire people or, you know, not necessarily inspire, but trying to motivate people. And I think that this is an interesting way of going about it, especially for Jesus. Um, I think if you see a variety of different sides of him in here, and some are more obviously godly in the very gentle and kind ways he talks to people, and then there are also passages like this, which are a little more rare. But it's interesting to me. So being like it's now or never, right? It's kind of like the idea of instead of Christians genuinely loving God and Jesus, they're more afraid of hell. And I feel like I kind of get that sense from this reading, at least with Jesus. And also, like, I don't necessarily think this is this is his human side um, coming through right now, because I was talking more about this is more like Old Testament God, not this is angry human. (laughs) I think it can be both and at least for me, um, because I was I was totally the first time we heard the reading and then again the second time it kind of like startled my body when we got the go and tell that fox for me um, that that really like that's really human language in it like calling name calling is superhuman and it was like took me like totally by shock when I heard that Um, but then the other one I felt was shame um, and I hit shame down at the bottom when we got to the hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Um, and so that language of you were not willing, I got, I felt shamed. Mm-hmm. I was feeling like a really strong feeling in my chest when he was talking about, um, killing the prophets, like this feeling of like hopelessness kind of, um, or dread maybe that like. Yeah, just I was just it just like feels like that was like Jesus is not not necessarily just angry but also really sad. Mm. That like this the people that he loves the most just like he just feels like we're just never going to get it, you know? And yeah, I don't know, it just hit me like right in my kind of heart area. I felt like that sadness. So, number 3. So, this third time Let's, uh, our intention is to listen to the story and pay attention to when, to like what we are feeling like the, the story, like what was some sort of change or action that the story is asking us to take something that we're being maybe called to do or change, um, by the story. Okay, and this can again, we can have some conversation, just like open ended conversation about what that might be. But it also could be like it doesn't just have to be personal. It could it could be like communal, could be kind of global, Um, just some sort of way that this reading is challenging our our way of being or the world's way of being and what might be what what we might be called to, to change or do in the future. Okay. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, 
Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often have I desired to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. All right, so anything that we feel is like challenging us or maybe our community or the world uh, to do some sort of action, some sort of action or change that we're being called to by Jesus' words in this reading. Uh, he's going to Jerusalem. He isn't in Jerusalem, correct? That is correct. Because I think he's saying, like, in order for me to be killed, I need to go to Jerusalem. Because yeah. no one ever gets killed outside Jerusalem. Everybody knows that. Yeah, kind of thing. Accurate. Um, he obviously knows he's going to die, and he's marching towards his death. Um, and that kind of resonates with, uh, like, me and people I know, especially with people who have terminal illnesses and that kind of stuff. Um they know they're marching towards their death. Um, and I think then it's also interesting because uh, Jesus talks about there's only a certain amount of time before um, you can start worshiping me and then you die or whatever, right? And then you'll make it to heaven, right? Does that, that make sense? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't, but, yeah. you know. Because isn't this, uh, the mother hen part is, he's like, well... You need to start accepting God, but you won't. And if you don't, then you won't be protected, right? And so, Harper, let me ask you then, like, when you, because you relate to that so keenly, um, what do you feel action you're being called to as part of that? Like, how you relate to it, what do you see as, like, a change that you either want or feel like you are supposed to change as part of that? Um, I think really it's a call to action for everyone because um, we are all marching towards our deaths. Like Jesus is mar- marching to Jerusalem um, and that uh, it's better to act now and start living into God and Jesus's, Jesus's message instead of waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all have a tendency to put things off. <laughs> Maybe that part was too real, but truly I do. Homework, man. Homework. Oh my gosh. I do I do like how um like I think it just sunk into me what is happening in the story. I, I guess I hadn't really figured it out yet, but it's like they're coming to Jesus. So he, Jesus is up in the region of Galilee, which is like Herod's jurisdiction essentially. So they're like, "Jesus, you need to leave because you're making Herod upset." And Herod's like, no, I'm not leaving because this person is upset with what I know is truth. And so I am like, I think that's a cool, like, it's a cool way of like going out into the world and like carrying your truth out into the world and knowing that, um, like Jesus is saying, the most important thing for me to do is to stay here and do what I know is my work to do, regardless of what Herod's going to do. Um, and and I really like that. It's like a real a real courage because there's a real threat, you know, to his wellness. But like his 
his um his like clarity about what he is here to do and his the the clarity about his identity and what his truth is and what he's here to tell everyone is like more important uh and so it's like it's doing that in the face of kind of like you're saying certain death but he knows that that's not this is not his time yet like it's not going to be Herod and somehow and he knows that um but you know he doesn't know what Herod's going to do and Herod could have done something to him but he's like doesn't matter what oh, it doesn't matter you tell that guy that I'm going to keep doing these things <laughs> yeah you, you tell him here's my schedule <laughs> here's my schedule for the next 3 days yeah okay today I'm curing people tomorrow I'm doing another thing and then the third day I'm doing this thing and then I'll leave yeah. Okay, I'm not like he's not going to speed up his process because someone else is pushing on him. And so I really like that. I really like that he's like so secure in himself, so self-differentiated that he's like no one's going to speed me up. I go at my pace. I do what I do. I know what I'm here to do. Yeah. That's cool. Well, and one of the things I connected to right at the very beginning when we listened to it is there's this translation, God's word, my voice, that we use a lot in faith to go in children's resources, and we use it in church, um, in chapel, at CCDS and other places. And when you hear the narrative about Epiphany, about the king's coming, the description of Herod in that is something that I've always carried with me because it says Herod, who was crazy and a little bit insecure. (laughs) And so like... Every time Herod's name now comes up, I immediately think that. And I think it helps me process who Jesus is dealing with Mm -hmm. so much better. Right. Because it's not it's not just that he was a tyrant. There were things that were like de facto wrong with him. Things that, you know, his insecurity played into everything that he did. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus is like the opposite person. Jesus is like extremely secure in who he is and what he's here to do. And also very grounded. You know, so Herod probably didn't like that very much. I'm guessing. Uh, I almost feel like it's um, it's a call to study the Bible a little bit more because, as we know, this is written by a human. It might be about Jesus, but ultimately, this is how Luke feels that he, Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And I know that they believed that he was the Messiah. They wanted him to be this warrior, but he wasn't. And so I almost feel like this is Luke trying to put that persona onto Jesus Mm. in his last moments before he goes off and he dies. And so I almost feel like this is trying to uh, make us um, like see that more and see the flaws of the people writing the book. Mm-hmm. And see how their biases go into what it says, like how Jesus says that he's a fox, even though he doesn't usually like call people names or do things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke is a uh, synoptic gospel, correct? Mm-hmm. For some reason, this week I've been getting really into um, uh, which gospels were written first, and then uh, the idea of the prominence that Mark was first and then uh, the Gospels of uh, Luke er, and Matthew, I believe, were then just straight up copied, (laughs) right? Because there are a lot of words that are the same and that wouldn't make sense uh, with the different languages that traditionally we have assumed that all all these Gospels were originally written in, right? Um, And so then if it, this isn't, is it in Mark? It's not. It's just in Matthew and Luke. Well, 
then this was most likely a very popular early Christian um, story, and we don't know if this is then actual, but um, this could just be another one of those fun, silly little things that got added in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because humans are um, humans aren't infallible. You know, we are we're wilding, Mm -hmm. and Mm. we like to see God a certain way. Um, and sometimes the way you see God for some reason then lasts like millennia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the idea of like the way we see God lasts millennia because like not just from like the people that wrote it down in the Bible, but like what stories that I tell about my own faith journey and my own experience of God will be carried on further than me. And in what ways do I need to be careful about like how my fallibility lives into those stories that I'm telling out in the world, Um, which actually goes to the section for me this time that I felt like was a call to action. And I maybe it's because of the shame I had felt the second time through about like you aren't willing. Um, But I feel like the call is to openness um, and that openness is like the precursor to being willing And that if I can make myself more open or if I can encourage the world to be more open, um, that in that case, then it becomes possible to take that step into willingness. Mm -hmm. I think it's also an interesting call to hear the voices of prophets and being able to to hear them without responding, obviously not killing, but but not just like. Killing to me is not just like actually hurting somebody. It's like the it's it's a it's the um, eliciting of a, a super strong emotion that is above and beyond what's actually being said to me. And so it's like, am I? Can I pay attention to when I'm hearing things that are that are really pushing me to extreme positions? Um, and can I hear those people, you know, that are pushing me? Hear what they're saying. And wrestle with it in this way that Jerusalem in Jesus's eyes is not able to and that he wishes it was because he's like, I I wish that I could say what I'm saying and we could, I could, you could hear me. Like that's all he wants is to like, is for things to be different. And, and so for those people that just desperately want things to, to change, to transform, to be more just and equitable, can we hear them and what they're saying and not just and not just push back solely out of our own sense of discomfort. And so, yeah, I think that's another kind of just like bigger kind of communal call to action. All right. Well, instead of three points, those are our three readings, what? our three, uh-huh. our three reflections, three reflections, our three mm-hmm. steps of Lectio Divina tonight. We hope you f- followed along. Uh, if you didn't and you want to try it out, we less, you can go back. Uh, to the beginning of the podcast, listen to it again, follow along and do those uh, steps with us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you did it with us, if you have any thoughts or comments or questions or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection or about anything we said on the podcast, you can always email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website where you can also always find all those faith to go resources for personal reflection, for family discussion, for small group and community discussion and reflection, myfaithtogo.org. You can also uh, contact us, tag us, uh, direct message us on Instagram at faith to go. And you can give us a call, send us a text, uh, leave us a voicemail, 562-384-7638, 562-FTG-2020. 
pod8 and you can find all of those contact those ways of contacting us in the description of this podcast and thanks everybody for listening and thanks everybody here i know super fun to do this with you guys i have to say this was a highlight for me we'll be back next week for the the week leading up to uh sunday march 20th that'll be the gospel for lent three and until next time we say goodbye goodbye everybody everybody.